Ashley Brock reading Diane Bomber's book Alexander Chapter six The suspicion that Alexander was after Brody kept Jody brooding for the rest of the day. Brody was a gentle, sweet man. Surely he couldn't be involved in anything as unsavory as drug smuggling. Someone at the corporation was under investigation. She couldn't blow Alexander's cover by mentioning anything to her boss. But wait, hadn't Alexander told her his agent Kennedy? That they were investigating case of Thorn Oil Corporation? Then she remembered why Alexander wanted to pretend to be interested in Jody. Something something was crazy here. Why would he lie to Kennedy? She shook her head and put the question away. She wasn't going to find any answers on her own. She'd been dressed and ready for an hour when she buzzed Alexander into her apartment building. By the time he got to her room and knocked at the door, she was a nervous wreck. She opened the door. And he gave her a not very flat and worrying serenity. She thought she looked nice in her sedated black dress and high heels with her hair in a bun. Obviously, he didn't. He was dashing, though, and a dinner jacket and slacks and highly polished black shoes. His black tie was perfectly straightened against the expensive white cotton of his shirt. <sighs> you never wear your hair down, <laughs> Alexander said coolly. And you've worn that same dress to two out of three parties at our house. She flushed. It's the only good dress I have, Alexander, she said tightly beside him. Margie would love to make you something if you let her. She turned to lock her door. Her hands were cold and numb. You couldn't let her enjoy one single evening without criticizing something about her. Talking to her tears. She gasped as he suddenly whipped her around and bent to kiss her with grinding passionate fever. She didn't have time to respond. It was over as soon as it had begun. Despite her rubbery legs and must be reason. She stood looking up at him. With wide misty eyes, shocked eyes, and a pale grave, pale face. His own green eyes glittering in hers as he stood in her shirt. Stop letting me put you down, he said. I know I don't do much for your ego, but you have to stand up for yourself. You're not a carpet, Jody. Stop letting people walk on you. She was still trying to preach and sing at the same time. And now you look like an accident victim. <laughs> he murmured. He pulled out a handkerchief. Size on her mouth. I suppose I'm covered with pink lipstick. He had a pressing handkerchief in her hand. Clean me up. It doesn't come off. She's staring. Got an eyebrow. I'm waiting for an explanation. It's the new kind they advertise. You put it on and it lasts all day. It won't come off on coffee cups or even linen. She handed him back the handkerchief. He put it up, but he didn't move. His hands went to the perk bone. Bun on the top of her head, and before she she could stop him, he loosened her hair from the circular comb that held the wealth of hair in place. It fell softly and waved to her shoulders. Alexander caught his breath. Beautiful. He whispered the comb held again, absently in one hand, while he ran the other through the soft strands of it. It took forever to get it, it put up, she protested weakly. I love long hair, he said gruffly. He went tilting her chin up to kiss her with exquisite tenderness. Leave it like that. He put the comb in her hand and waited while she stuck it in her purse. Her hand shook. He saw that too and he smiled. When she finished, he linked her fingers into his and they started off down the hall. The concert hall was full. Apparently quite a few people in Houston liked the boozy. Jody thought mischievously as they walked down the aisle to their seats. She knew that Alexander didn't like it at all, but it was nice of him to suffer through it, considering her own affection for the pieces the orchestra was playing. Of course, he might only be here because he was spying on Brody, she thought. Didn't worry about that. She couldn't believe Brody would 
would ever deal with anything dishonest. She was too much like Jody herself. But why would Alexander Reeves spend so much time at her place of work if he didn't suspect Brody? It was all very puzzling. She sat down in the reserved seat next to Alexander and waited for the curtain to go up. They got into a traffic jam on the way and arrived just in the nick of time. The lights went out almost the minute they sat down. The darkness lit comfortably by the lights from the stage where the orchestra was placed. She felt Alexander's big warm hand curl into hers. She sighed helplessly, <laughs> loading the exciting electric contact of his touch. Heard the soft sound and his fingers tighten. He didn't let go. Until in a mission. Wanna stretch your legs? He invited his hand. Yes, I think so. She agreed. She got up, still excited by his proximity. Walked out with him. He didn't hold her hand this time. She noticed to wonder why. When they were in the lobby, Brody spotted them and moved quickly toward him. His girlfriend and so she was pretty. Jody noted, very elegant and dark haired and long legged. She wished she was half as pretty. Brody's girlfriend looked Hispanic. She was certainly striking. Well, hello, Brody said with gentle warmth. Sweetheart, this is my secretary, Jody Claiborne. Excuse me, yet quickly with an embarrassed smile. At Jody's tight lipped glance, I mean, my administrative assistant, and this is Jody State, Mr. Uh, Mr. Cobb. Alexander prompted, Mr. Cobb, Brody Perry, this is my girlfriend, Cara, Cara Dominguez, he, you know, place to meet you, Cara sat on a board time. Same here, Jody replied, Cara's in marketing, Brody said, trying to force the conversation to ignite, she works for Bradford Marketing Association, Associates down the street, they're a subsidiary of River Oil Corporation, they sell drilling equipment. Machine parts for oil equipment all over the United States. Cares over the Southwestern Division. And what do you do, Mr. Cobb? Care asked Alexander, who was simply watching her without commenting. Oh, he's in security work, Brody. Brody volunteered, carries eyes arched. Really? She asked, but without much real interest. I work for the Drug Enforcement Administration. Alexander said with a faint smile, his eyes acknowledging Jody's shock. I'm undercover and out of the country a lot of the time. He had with a straight face Jody had ever seen. I don't have to work at all, of course. He had it with a cool smile. But I like the catch of law enforcement duties. Jody was trying not to look at him or react. It was difficult. How nice, Kara said after a minute, and she seemed as concerned by his honesty. You're working on a case now, she fists. One of the first things Jody and Margie had learned from Alexander when he went with the DEA was not to mention what he did for a living, past the fact that he did security work. She'd always assumed it had something to do with his infrequent undercover incitements, and here he was spilling all the beans. Sort of. Alexander said lazily, We're investigating a company with Houston connections. Yeah, deliberately. Care was all ears. That would not be so an oil company. Alexander Xander gave her a very nice, sharp look. She laughed. One hears things, she mused. Don't worry. I never tell what I know. Right. Brody <laughs> chuckled, making a joke of it. He hadn't known what Alexander did for a living until now. Alexander left him. I have to have the occasional diversion, he confessed. My father was wealthy. My, my sister and I were his only beneficiaries. Carrie was eyeing him with increased interest. You live in Houston, Mr. Cobb. You know, are you enjoying the concert? Brody broke in uncomfortable at the way his girlfriend was looking at Alexander. It's wonderful, Jody said. <laughs> I understand. I understand the Houston Ballet is doing the Nutcracker starting, starting in November. Carrie put a smile on action. If you like ballet, perhaps we will meet you again. Perhaps we will, Alexander replied. You live in Houston also, 
Mrs. Dominguez. Miss Dominguez. Yes, but I travel a great deal, she said with careless detach. My contacts are far-reaching. She's only just come back from Mexico, Bertie said with a nervous laugh. Yes, I've been helping my mother move, Kara said out. After my father died, she left her home and had nowhere to go. I'm very sorry, George. I lost my parents some years ago. I know how it feels. Kara turned back to her. We need to get back to our seats. Nice to have met you both, she added with a social smile. She took Bertie's hand and drew him along with her. He barely had time to say goodbye. Alexander glanced at Joan. Your boss looked shocked when I told him what I did. She shook her head. You told me never to do that, but you told them everything. I told them nothing Kara didn't know already. He said enigmatically, so the saying into hers and smiled to her. Let's go back. It's a very nice concert. It isn't. I hate the boys. He murmured unsurprisingly. The comic kept her quiet until they were out of the theater and on their way back to her apartment in his car. Why did you ask me out if you don't like concerts? She asked. He glanced I have my reasons. What do you think of your boss's girlfriend? She's nice enough. She leaves Bertie around like a child, though. Most women would. He said lazy. He's not assertive. He certainly isn't, she defended him. He has to fire people. He certainly is, she defended him. He has to fire people. He's not for you, Jody. Girlfriend or not, he said surprised. You're stagnant in a relationship with him. It's my life, she pointed out. So it is. They went the rest of the way in silence. He walked to her apartment door, stood staring down at her from one more buy a new dress. Why, she says, I'll take you to see the Nutcracker next month. As I recall, it was one of your favorite ballets. Yes, she said. So I'll take you. He said he checks along. I've got a late call to make the meetings the first of the week, but I'll take you to lunch next Wednesday. Okay. She replied. He suddenly drew her against him. Hard. He held her there, probing her eyes with his until his, her lips parted. Then he bent and kissed her hungrily, twisting his mouth against hers until she yielded. Gave him what he gave him what he wanted. Long breath. This moment later, he lifted his head. Not bad, he murmured. So we could use a little practice. Sleep well. He let go and walked away while she tried to find her voice. He never looked back once. Jody stood at her door watching till he stepped into the elevator and doors closed. She usually left at eleven thirty to go to lunch and Alexander knew it, but he was late the following Wednesday. She chewed off three of her long fingernails by the time he showed up. She was in the lobby where clients were met, along with several of her colleagues who were just leaving for lunch. Alexander came in looking wind blown and half out of humor. I can I can't make it for lunch, she said once. I'm sorry. Something came up. That's all right, she said, trying not to let her disappoint. Another time. I'll be out of town for the next couple of days. He continued not lowering his voice. But don't you forget my birthday party on Saturday. Call me from the airport and I'll pick you up. If I'm not back by then, Margie will, all right? Amazing how much he sounded as if he really wanted her to come. But she knew he was only putting on an act for the employees who were listening to him. All right, Shireen. Have a safe trip. We'll see you Saturday. He reached out and touched her cheek gently. So long, he said, smiling. He walked away slowly, as if he hated to leave her. She watched him go with equal reluctance. There were smiling faces all around. It was working. People believed they were involved, which was just what he wanted. Later, while Brody was signing the letters he dictated earlier, she wondered where Alexander was going. Don't keep him out of town for so long. He'll look pensive, Brody said curiously. Something worried. Nothing really, she lied. I was just thinking about Alexander's birthday party on Saturday. He's honestly signed the last one. It must be nice to have a party member. I stopped having them years ago. 
Kara could throw one for you. She's suggesting her. She's not the least bit sentimental. She's all business most of the time. She never seems to stop working. She's on a trip to Arizona this week to try to land a new client. You'll miss her, I'm sure, Jody said. I'll try to. Sorry, I just popped out. <laughs> She's not... We all have our problems, Brody. Yes, I noticed that your friend Cobb hardly touches you, except when he thinks someone's watching. He must be one cold fish. <laughs> yeah, I don't put this guy's. Jody flushed in, remember Alexander is the door. He cleared his throat and changed his subject, and not a minute too soon. Jody was doing housework in her apartment when the phone rang Saturday morning. Jody? Margie asked gently. Yes, how are you, Margie? She asked, but not with her usual cheerful friendliness. You're so angry at me, aren't you? She said, I'm so sorry for making you do all the cooking. I'm not angry, Jody replied. As long as I, I thought Carrie would help me arrange a showing of my designs at her department store, she passed miserably. That's never going to happen. She only pretended to be my friend so that she could get to Alexander. I guess you know she's furious because he's been seen with you. She has nothing to be jealous about, Jody said coldly. You can tell her so for me. What was that all you... Was that all you wanted? Jody, that's not why I called, Margie explained. She said, Alexander wanted me to phone you and make sure you were coming to his birthday party. There's no chance of that, Jody replied firmly. But, but he's expecting you, <laughs> Margie said. He said he promised to come, but then I had to call you and make sure you showed up. Carrie's invited, of course, Jody asked. Well, well, yes, I assumed he'd want her to come, so I invited her, too. I'm invited to make her jealous, I suppose. There was a static pause. Jody, what's going on? You won't return my calls. You won't meet me for lunch. You don't answer notes. If you're not mad at me, what's wrong? Jody looked down at the floor. It needed mopping. She thought absolutely. Alexander told you that he was sick of tripping over me every time he came back to the ranch and that you were especially not to ask me to his birthday party. There's a terrible stillness on the end of the line. So I was like, oh my God, you heard what he said that night? I heard every single word, Margie, Jody said tightly. He thinks I'm still crazy about him, and it disgusts him. He said I'm not in your social set, and you should make friends among your own social circle. She took a deep setting breath. Maybe he's right, Margie. The two of you took care of me when I had nobody else, but I've been taking advantage of it. All these years, making believe that you were my family. In a way, I'm grateful that Alexander opened my eyes. I've been an idiot. Jody, he didn't mean it. I know he didn't. Sometimes he says things without thinking them through. I know he wouldn't hurt you deliberately. He didn't know I could hear him, she said. I drank too much. Behaved like an idiot. We both know how Alexander feels about women who get drunk. But I've come to my senses now. I'm not going to impose on your hospitality. But Alexander wants you to come. He said so. No, he doesn't, Margie. Jody said wistfully. You don't understand what's going on, but I'm helping Alexander with a case. He's using me as a blind while he's surveillance and a suspect. And don't you dare let on that you know it. It's not personal between us. It couldn't be. I'm not a sort of woman, and we both know it. Margie didn't take a breath. Was audible. What am I going to tell him when you don't show up? You won't need to tell him anything, Jody said easily. He isn't expecting me. It was just for show. He'll tell you all about it one day. Now I have to go, Margie. I'm working in the kitchen and things are going to burn. She had a line through teeth. We can have lunch next week, the other woman over. No. You need to find friends in your class, Margie. I'm not part of your family. You don't owe me anything. Now goodbye. She hung up and unplugged the phone in case Margie tried to call back. She felt sick. But severing ties with Margie was the right thing to do. Once Alexander was through with her, once he caught his criminal, he'd leave her strictly alone.
She was going to get out of his life in Margie's right now. It was the only sensible way to get over her feelings for Alexander. The house was full of people when Alexander went in, side carrying his bag on a shoulder strap. Margie met him at the door. I bet you're tired, but at least you got here, she chuckled, trying not to show her worry. Leave your bag by the door and come on in. Everybody's in the dining room with the cake. He walked beside her toward the spacious dining room where about 20 people were waiting. There were tables set with china and crystal, punching coffee and cake. Search the crown and became his crown. I don't see Jody, he said. Where is she? Then you phone her? Yes, she wrote, but she wouldn't come. Please, Flex, can we talk about it later? Look, Carrie's here. Damn, Carrie, he said to Rusty, glaring down at her. Why didn't she come? She drew in a missile breath. Because she heard us talking the last time she was here, she replied slowly. She said, you were right about her not being in our social class. Then she heard you say that the last thing you wanted was to trip over her at your birthday party. She winced because the look on his face was so, was so full of pain. She heard me, he said, almost coke choking on the words. Good God. No wonder she looked at me, looked at me that way she did. No wonder she's been acting so strangely. She won't go out to lunch with me. She won't come here. She doesn't even want me to call her anymore. <laughs> I feel as if I've lost my own sister. His own loss was much worse. He felt sick. It was so. He never meant for Jody to hear those harsh, terrible words. He'd been reacting to his own helpless loss of control with her. Not her hesitant adore was himself he'd been angry at. Now he understood why Jody was so reluctant to be around him lately. So ironic that he found himself thinking about her around the clock and she was a standoffish as a woman who found him bad company when they were alone. If only he could turn the clock back, make everything right. Jody, so sweet and tender and loving. Jody, who loved him once, hearing him tell Ma Margie that Jody disgusted him. I should be shot. <laughs> he grunted. Shot. No, it's your birthday, Marjorie reminded. Please, all these people came to just came just to wish you well. He didn't say another word. He simply walked into the room and let the congratulations flow over him. But he didn't feel happy. He felt as if his heart had wildered and died in his chest. That night he slipped into his office. While Carrie was talking to Marjorie and he phoned Jody. He had two straight malt whiskeys with no water and he wasn't quite sober. It taken him that much to dull the sharp age of pain. You didn't come, he said when she answered. She hadn't expected him to notice. She swallowed hard. The invitation was all for show, she said, her voice casting. He didn't expect me. There was a moment. Did you go out with Jody after all? He yelled sarcastically. Is that why he didn't show up? <laughs> no, I didn't, she muttered. I'm not spending another minute of my life trying to fit into your exalted social class, she added hardly. Cheating wives, consciousless husbands, social climbing friends. That's not my idea of a party. He sat back in his chair. You might not believe it, but it's not mine either, he said flatly. I'd rather get a fast food burger and talk shop with the guys. That was surprising. But she didn't quite trust him. <laughs> That isn't Carrie's style, she pointed out. He laughed coldly. It would become her style in a minute if she thought it would make me propose. I'm rich, haven't you noticed? It's hard to mess your plan. Carrie likes life in the fast lane. She wants to be decked out in diamonds and taken to all the most expensive places four nights a week. Five on holidays. I'm sure she wants you to. How are you?
I'm folding clothes, Alexander. Was there anything else? She added formally, trying to get him to hang up. The conversation was getting people. I never knew that you heard me the night of our last party, Jody. He said a deep, husky, pain sort of voice. I'm more sorry than I can say. You don't know what it was like when my mother had parties. She drank like a fish. So Margie had told him. Wasn't really surprising. I had some champagne, she interrupted. I don't drink, so it overwhelmed me. I'm very sorry for the way I behave. There was another boss. I loved it, he said gruffly. Now she couldn't even manage to reply. She just stared at the receiver, waiting for him to say something. Talk to me, he growled. What do you want me to say? She asked him, you were right, sir. I don't belong in your class. I never will. You said I was a nuisance, and you were right. Jody, her name sounded as if it were torn from Jody, don't. I didn't mean what I said. You've never been a nuisance. It's too late. He said, Emily, I won't come back to the ranch ever again, Alexander. Not for you, or even for Margie. I'm going to live my own life, make my own way in the world. By pushing us out of it, she said, I suppose so. But not until I solved this case, he had it after me, right? She wanted to argue, but she kept seeing the little boy's face in the photograph. He showed her, not until then, she said. It was a rough sound, as if he'd been holding his breath and suddenly, all right. Alexander, where are you? That was Carrie's voice, very low. In a minute, Carrie, I'm on the phone. We're going to open the presents. Come on. Jody heard the sound. Alexander made it. She laughed softly. I thought it was your birthday. She mused. Started to be. But my best present is back in Houston. Phone clothes. He said vehemently. Her heart jumped. She had to fight. Not the director. I'm nobody's present, Alexander. She afforded. Now I really do have to go. Happy birthday. I'm 34, he said. Margie's the only family I have. Two of my colleagues just had babies. He remarked his voice just slightly, sir. Their desks are full of photographs of the kids and their wives. <sighs> know what I've got in a frame on my desk, Jody? Carrie in a ball count. <laughs> I guess the married guys would switch places with you. That's not what I mean. I didn't put it there. She did. Instead of a wife and kids, I've got a would-be debutante who wants to own Paris. That was your choice. That's what you think. She gave me the frame picture. <laughs> there was a pause. Why don't you give me a photo? Sure, why not? Who would you like a photo of? I'll see if I can find one for you. You idiot. <laughs> I don't have any photos of myself. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Who take them? She asked. I don't even own a camera. <sighs> we'll have to do something about that. He murmured. <sighs> do you like parks? We can go jogging early morning. Monday. The one near you, where you live, the one with the goofy sculpture. It's modern art. It is a goofy. You're entitled to your opinion. Do you jog? Not really. Do you have sweats and sneakers? She sighed eagerly. Well, yes, but no buts. I'll see you by an early Monday. There's a I'll even apologize. That would be a media event. I'm serious, he had a I've never regretted anything in my life more than knowing you heard what I said to Margie that night. <laughs> For an apology, it was fairly headlong. Alexander never made apologies. to read a letter a bit. Okay, she said after a few seconds. He said, are we going to start over? <laughs> he said firmly. Alexander, Xander, are you coming out of there? Came Curry's pearl voice in the background. 
Better tell Carrie first, she chimed. I'll tell her. Get the hell out of my study. He raced abruptly, and there was a sound of something heavy hitting the wall. Then there was the sound of a door closing with a quick snap. What did you do? Jody explained. I threw a book in her general direction. Don't worry, it wasn't a book I liked. Something on Colombian politics. You could have hit her. In pistol competitions, I hit 100 targets out of 100 shots. The book hit 10 feet from where she was standing. You shouldn't throw things at people, but I'm uncivilized here, mother. I need someone to mellow me out. Carrie's already there. Not for long. She opens that damn door again. I'll see you Monday, okay? There was a long hesitation, but finally she said, okay. She put down the receiver and stared at it blankly. Her life had just shifted ten degrees, and she had no idea why. Why, at least not right then. <laughs> End of chapter six.